Hello, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization, using, of course, a blended tool set of old-school wisdom and new read tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, and today we're going to be talking about the five regrets in life that you'll probably have. So I want to paint a picture for you. Imagine living to a grand old age, maybe 80, maybe 85, maybe even 90. But the thing is, you have less days in front of you than you do behind you. You know it, everyone around you knows it. And as you lay back on the couch, look at the ceiling and contemplate your existence, you think back over your life, the natural state of things when you get up into this age. Some great moments in your life come flooding in, along with some not-so-great ones. And the not-so-great ones leave you with a slightly bitter taste in your mouth. Like, you wonder what happened to that cute girl you were obsessed with in college so long ago. You wonder what would have happened if you mowed overseas when you had the chance. You wonder what would have happened if you took your friend up on the offer to go 50-50 in the business idea that ended up becoming successful. You wonder what could have happened if you chose a different career. You wonder what could have happened if you traveled more. You wonder what could have happened if you lived in a different city, a different state. Like I, guess, like I said, a different country. And you wonder what could have been. And you end up becoming obsessed with these thoughts. And naturally, as you become contemplative, a uh, slight melancholy washes over you, mainly because you know that what's done is done and your time on this earth is slowly coming to a close. But the thing is, millions of people have these same thoughts and common regrets in life on a daily basis, and these people are not anywhere close to dying. So why do we have regrets in life? Well, the main thing is because hindsight is twenty twenty. We all have times and periods where we could think back and say, if I would have known at this age, I would have done X, Y, and Z. Everyone has those. Everyone's like, oh, if I had the knowledge I have now going back 10 years ago, huh, life would have been so much different. And also, the other fact is, you always regret the things you didn't do more than the things you did. And that's part of knowing what you know now. And why is that? That's because, you know, human beings are inherently designed to look for problems in their environment, and that's what's kept our species alive for millennia. We're always looking on the bad side. And since we're always looking on the bad side for things that may happen, we're naturally risk-averse. Some of us more than others, definitely. But all of us have a bit of risk-averseness built into us. And... Because we're risk-averse, that prevents us from taking advantages of opportunities and things that come along. And we think that by not taking advantage of these, we're going to prevent bad stuff from happening. And since we're always looking on the bad side, most of the bad things that we think about never end up happening, actually, which is pretty funny. And like I said, this is built into a 
built into us as a just-in-case mechanism to make sure we don't do anything too stupid. Because the people who did not do... The people who were less risk-averse, uh, they didn't they didn't hang around to spread their genes, so they're not here. So naturally, the people who are more risk-averse would have avoided danger and have a better chance to procreate, which means that we are their offspring, the people who were risk-averse, the people who were risk-averse 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 years ago. We are their descendants, and we have those character traits. So this risk-averseness prevents us from taking advantage of opportunities, and it ends, ends us living lives of regret if we follow this to its ultimate destination by not doing anything that involves any chances or any risk. But, you know, we can't take advantage of every opportunity, but we just move on and we accept it and we take advantage of what we can. And as we go throughout life, we accumulate experiences. And with these experiences, our opportunities seized and opportunities missed. And since you can't be all places at all times, you will end up missing out on something. That's inevitable. Everything in life is a sacrifice at some point. But the question is, is the experience you're missing out on worth it for what you're experiencing now? If the missed opportunities are greater than the seized ones and you realize that and ruminate over it, well, that's regret. And obviously regret is a terrible feeling to have. And there's nothing like feeling the feeling you get when you know you could have been, quote unquote, somebody who could have done something and you just didn't do it. And this is why you need to make sure you're being aware of opportunities and also not being too risk averse. So many of our regrets end up occurring in life when we're in our developmental adult years, mainly late teens to early 30s mid-30s. And this is because these are times of opportunity because our life isn't really locked in yet. So pretty much you can do anything. And when you feel like you can do anything, you sometimes don't take advantage of that. You just let time just fritter away for most people. It's only when they have more experiences that they realize that, oh man, I should have done this or I should have done that. But since that's the case, this article is going to center around five regrets that you'll have if you waste your young adult years. And I've already made this case before, but I didn't spell it out in explicit terms. So I think this is a good opportunity to do so. So with that, let's get into the first one. First biggest regret that you might end up having in life is indecision. So in his book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill stated that one of the main causes of failure was indecision and his twin brother, procrastination. Together, these two forces account for a majority of the misery in daily human existence. And I personally believe that indecision is made easier than ever due to our always-on, Instagram-filtered, social media-driven modern world. We're always comparing and contrasting against what other people have or don't have, trying to orient ourselves in the world in relation to them. And I also believe that children and young adults are being encouraged to be indecisive by the higher education system just for the sake of the higher education system getting more money. But that's a whole different discussion. I personally went to college with many people who didn't pick a major until the last minute, and they still ended up hating it. And myself... 
I made sure to pick a major in my freshman year because one, because I pretty much already knew the direction I wanted my life to go in. And two, I didn't want to establish the habit of being indecisive about things. I want to establish the habit early about making decisions and sticking with them, which is something I can look back on my life and I'm actually proud of my 17-year-old self. But indecision ends up becoming a habit that ends up carrying on into your adult life. And it becomes a habit, like I said, where you can't make a choice on anything. But the fact of the matter is you're always making quote-unquote decisions, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not. Because right now, you're making a decision to listen to this podcast. Whether it's because you want the information that's in it, or if it's because you're bored, still a decision either way. It's still using up time, and that's time you can never get back. So how do you prevent against this regret? Well, I'd say to prevent against indecision, you need to know yourself, you need to know who you are, what your talents are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and figure out what do you want out of life? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to do? What do you want to see? What do you want to experience? That's what I did when I was younger. I wanted to do certain things, and I oriented my life in a direction to do those certain things. And looking back, I could have done it more, I I could have had a more hard stance on it. I could have, uh, there were some things that I, um, fluctuated on and I was not as solid on. And because of that, I ended up not achieving those goals that I wanted to achieve or I achieved them later than I wanted to because I did not orient my lifestyle in 100% in that direction. It was probably about like 85%, 90% in that direction, but it wasn't a full hard stance 100%. Um, I didn't go for the thing I wanted to go or the things I wanted to go. There were numerous things that I wanted to do that I just ended up not doing because of so-and-so reason. And if I ended up doing 100% of the things I wanted to do without compromising, that's the word, without compromising on those things, then I definitely would have been in a much different place by now. But uh, no crying over spilled milk. And it's not something I necessarily regret, but it's something I look back on my life and then I'm like, yeah, I wish I had more, uh, less ability to compromise on certain things than I do now. So, but this is where it helps to know yourself. This is where it helps to do some introspection and figure it out. And you're going to figure it out, obviously, if you do introspection and up going after it like your life depends on it because, I mean, it does. So that's number one, indecision. The second biggest regret you might end up having in life, being lazy. So all of us have dreams you want to see come to fruition. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your background is, where you live right now, all of that stuff. We all have things we want to do in our lives. And for far too many of us, many of these things won't end up seeing the light of day. And why is that? Why do things not end up getting done? Why do dreams just end up getting left unfulfilled? Well, there's a lot of distraction today, as you know. There's a lot of sensory overload. There's too much this, too much that, etc., etc., etc. There's just a lot of stuff that crowds into life that makes itself seem more important than what we want to do. And because of this stuff that crowds into our life, we say we're busy. 
we say we don't have enough time, we don't feel like it. In general, these are all just excuses. I remember, um, I think it was Brian Tracy or someone else said that there are, I think it was probably Mark Twain. I think it was even Mark Twain or Einstein, one of them. Mark Twain, Einstein, or Brian Tracy, one of them. I don't know. But I remember it being a tribute to one of them. But it said, there are a million reasons for failure, um, or there are a million excuses for failure, but never a good reason. So um, I slightly don't agree with that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's all these things you can say that this thing get done, this thing get done, this thing get done. But, you know, at the end of the day, it still didn't get done. It's like asking, it's like your employer asking, why didn't you show up to work? And you say, or why did you, why were you late? That's the best one. You say, oh, well, it's traffic. Best one is traffic. Uh, the toaster uh, lit on fire. Um, I woke up late, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, all these things can happen. By the end of the day, they're also still excuses because you say you're going to do something and it just doesn't happen. But we say that we're busy and somehow there's enough time to surf the internet aimlessly. Somehow there's enough time to watch Netflix. Somehow there's enough time to play video games. Somehow there's enough time to chase tail. Somehow there's enough time to just fill our lives with all this bullshit. But for some reason, we don't have enough time to learn how to make our lives better, learn skills, learn things that will propel us forward. And I'd say you will never have more time or energy than you do right now. If you are someone who is under the age of 35 listening to this and you're single or you don't have kids or whatever, you know, you'll never have more time and energy than you do right now because once you get past a certain age, the obligations just keep piling up and then it's hard to find the time to do stuff and you're zapped of energy. And of course, it takes time and energy to learn a skill or do something that will vastly help you. And if you can't work on your dreams when you have a massive expanse of free time and energy, then no amount of advice will help you. And you only have one life. So why the hell are you spending it playing video games, going to the bar every weekend, and slacking off? So for this regret, how do you get past this? Well, I'd say in order to get past laziness, you just have to push yourself past the pain. You have to learn how to work effectively and efficiently. Concentrate all of your mental forces on a single aim. Focus. Focus and focus intensely. The past week, I was reading Tim Grover's newest book, and it's called Winning. And that's the title. It's just called Winning. Um... Well, it's actually called Winning and the Unforgivable Race to Greatness or Unforgiving Race to Greatness. And it's what it's advertised as. It's an inside, in-depth look at what it takes to quote-unquote win in life. And if you don't know who Tim Grover is, he was Michael Jordan's trainer during the incredible Bulls championship run in the NBA that I don't think will ever be replicated again. And he also trained Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade and a whole bunch of other athletes. And he also is a consultant and trainer for high-level CEOs and people who are pretty much at the top of their game, people who know what it takes to quote-unquote win. And the book is very honest and very brutal, 
And in it, he has, I think, 13 laws of winning, of quote-unquote winning, and he all puts them all at number one. And one of them, he said, is that winning is a sprint with no finish line. Because a lot of people say that, oh, life is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And that's true for a lot of things. I mean, there are a lot of things where you do have to pace yourself. But in terms of getting to where you want to get and doing what you want to do, it's it's all out breathless sprint. Because the fact of the matter is, we we don't know how much time we have left on this life, you know. Uh, we only have a certain number of days, we're here, and then we're gone. And then he uses Kobe Bryant as an example. He said Kobe Bryant sprinted through life. He said Kobe just came in, sprinted, came in, right out the bat, dominated, and then he just left. And Kobe did all of these things during his time on Earth. And if you don't know too much about him, I definitely encourage you to research him. He was remarkable. Um, but many people are not sprinting through life. Many people aren't even jogging through life. Many people are just walking. I'd say even sleepwalking through life. And you can sleepwalk all you want through life, but it doesn't change the fact that one day, like I said, life is going to end. And you may think you have all this time, all this luxury to just chill and be lazy and do all this stuff. But windows of opportunity are going to come and they're going to pass all because you're too lackadaisical. And I can vouch. I had times in my past where I was passing a window of opportunity, but I didn't jump through it because one, I didn't recognize it was a window of opportunity. And then two, I was in la-di-da land. So of course, I'm not going to recognize it. So that goes back to the regret of number one would be indecision. That's partly indecision, but, um, you know, not being awake and aware two things in life is part of laziness. And looking back, I realized that. And I was like, I'll never make that mistake again. If I see an opportunity and it makes sense, I'm going to take it, of course. So laziness for many people, a big, big, big regret that many people have. And don't let it be yours. Regret number three would be neglecting good habits. There's a quote that's attributed to J. Paul Getty. And if you don't know who J. Paul Getty was, he was a, he was pretty much a capitalist tycoon. And he was pretty much the billionaire magnate of his day. And if you're familiar with the Getty Museum, then it's one of the things that he established um, to collect artworks and all that stuff. And if you're into art, then you definitely know about Getty Museum. It's in L.A., but he said, the individual who wants to reach the top in business must appreciate the might of the force of habit and must understand those practices are what creates habits. He must be quick to break those habits that can break him and hasten to adopt those practices that will become the habits that help him achieve the success he desires. Now, I've already talked about habits endlessly. I've whacked poetic on them on Unstoppable Rise and on here as well, but let's take a little granular look at it for good habits. Why are they so hard to stick to? And of course I'm not a psychologist, but I principally believe that's because it's a lack of motivation. If it was as motivation, motivating to eat a clean diet as it is junk, we wouldn't have the massive epidemic of obesity and poor health in America here. 
the motivation just isn't there. There's just too much other food that masks itself as good, that tastes good, and it prevents, it shuts out the motivation to eat a good diet. And in another episode, I mentioned that many people live for pleasure and have that be their primary aim. People are always seeking how good something feels, how much pleasure they can consume at one go. And of course, if pleasure is your only motivation or your primary motivation in life, why wouldn't you eat fast food and junk? Why wouldn't you sleep in on the weekends when you were supposed to be up doing something? Why wouldn't you sacrifice the short term for the long term? Because let's be honest, pleasure is a pretty low bar and it takes nothing to achieve. Whereas fulfillment and achievement and all these things that people want in life, they're obviously a lot higher. And being in excellent health Thinking clearly, being able to run a mile in under seven minutes, that's harder to attain. It needs more motivation. So in order to get yourself to do something continuously, you need motivation to initially buy in. You need that spark that creates the flame. And how do you get over this one? Well, I think that one, you need to have your motivation aligned in your brain, scientifically speaking, in terms of your neurotransmitters, that'll definitely help you. And I've written an article about the scientific basis behind motivation in relation to neurochemicals. I'll link the article in the episode to this podcast. And then two, uh, you should have a purpose for your life, a main purpose that wraps everything up and guides your life. Think of it like a lane on a highway. Your purpose is your lane. It dictates where you'll go. If you're in lane one, you're not going to swerve all the way over to lane seven. You're you're in lane one. You stay in lane one. Now, if your exit is on lane seven, then eventually you want to get there. But for now, you're on lane one and you'll follow the, the terrain that happens on lane one. Your purpose is your lane. It determines what you do versus what you don't do. And if you have something you're fighting for, if you're going to say something that you're aiming for, you're going to say no a lot. You're going to say no to that cheeseburger. You're going to say no to getting wasted. You're going to say no to sitting around in a room, wasting time talking about current events. You're going to say no to drama. You're just going to have a higher standard, a higher bar for your life. And you have this because your purpose dictates it to you. And your purpose will dictate what habits you can or can't involve yourself in. So that's how you find the motivation to start good habits. One, get your neurochemicals in order. And then two, maintaining and refining them is a completely different discussion. So that's number three. Developing good habits will be the third regret that you might end up having in life. The biggest regret you'll have in life, the fourth biggest one, is not taking calculated risk. Like I said earlier, as a young person, as a person, period, you're built to be expansive And as you know, and as you see, life follows a cycle. At birth, we're learning. We we make mistakes as we grow up, and that's how we grow. A baby doesn't learn how to walk by just sitting still and never falling down. It falls down multiple times before it learns how to walk. And as we expand into adolescence, this cycle of learning and growing and falling flat on your face upticks. And during young adulthood, we formulate all those mistakes into a philosophy of achievement. We create some sort of mental model for them. And as young people, or as people in general, but definitely when you're younger, you're gifted by Mother Nature or God, whatever you believe in. We're gifted with this energy to transmute our plans into achievement. 
We use this energy to build a strong foundation that we build upon as we advance into the world. And that energy propels us to take risks. This risk may mean starting a business, moving to another city, starting a social circle, asking out a girl, anything that really advances our station in life and takes us out of our comfort zone. And as we get older, this natural energy starts to diminish a little bit. As we get older, we get a bit more conservative, a bit more stuck in our ways, a bit more risk averse. And since we have more to lose, we just naturally become that way. And you have a lot of guys out there saying, man, I should have traveled. I should have started that business. I should have taken that job. I should have done this. I should have done that, et cetera, et cetera. But I have a family now. I can't do that. I have a career now. I can't just go and do that stuff. So like I said earlier, these people get tied down with responsibilities and obligations that they're no longer the focus in their lives. The kids are the focus. The wife is the focus. The career is the focus. The whatever else is the focus. So because of these things, these people just end up cruising and maintaining and sort of tune out and they get in autopilot until they just die. So how do you get over this one? Well, I'd say you got to seize the moment. You've got to seize the opportunity. Again, think of those windows of opportunity. Every day, every moment, there are chances to do things that are coming up and receding, coming up and receding. Do you see them coming up in your vision? Which ones are you going to take? And I'd say we are our biggest enemies in this regard. And about two years ago at this point, wow, I can't believe that's been that long. Two years, wow. Yeah, two years ago, I did an episode on this podcast called The Cost of Indecision, I believe it was called. And I was talking about not just doing something, um, not just doing nothing, uh, just waiting around for conditions to be all perfect or whatever. And when you just wait around for things to be perfect, you miss out on chances. And of course, this is life we're talking about. Life conditions will never be perfect. I think last year showed us that. You always never have enough time, not enough resources, not enough energy. But what matters at the end? Again, did you do or didn't you do the thing? Did you do or did you not take the leap? And that's something you, only you can decide. So that's the fourth one, not taking calculated risks. So the fifth and final regret that you might end up having in life is living your life by hearsay. You'll regret living your life by the statements and opinions of other people. Most people can't make up their mind on what's right and what's wrong, and what's wrong and what's right changes by the day. There are very few absolutes in life, and I think I said in another episode um, that you have to build your life on these absolutes, on these principles. So people can't decide what's in what's not. So why the hell should you follow their lead? And when I was younger, I remember I used to be made fun of for being different, quote unquote different, because I didn't follow trends. That's the main thing. I just did what I wanted to do. And I had... And I still have a very strong sense of intuition and I call it my inner compass, but I always was a bit contrarian. So when you're a bit contrarian, you're always going to be sticking out like a sore thumb and people will feast on you because you're an easy target. But that didn't bother me. And being a contrarian shouldn't bother you either. And it blows my mind why and how people care so much 
about other people just saying shit. But you got to realize these people don't pay your bills. They don't give you free money. They don't get out better for you. They don't determine your livelihood. They don't work for you. They don't do things for you. You are the only person who does things for yourself. So therefore, you have to do things for yourself. And of course, I know why people follow other people or take heed to what other people say is because we're social creatures and we're going to care what other people think about us to some extent. But people put way, 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 way too much stock in that. And I want to close it off like this. Look around at the lives of most people you know. Are they where you want to be? Are they doing what you want to be doing? And most importantly, are they who you want to be? If so, then, of course, do what they do. Use them as a model. But if not, then you should probably seek counsel elsewhere. So that's the fifth biggest regret, living your life by hearsay. So that's it. The five biggest regrets you might end up having in life if you don't follow your own true North Star. I hope you enjoyed this one and I hope it was able to give you some insight into some things you probably might want to end up implementing in your lifestyle so you avoid these regrets. So that's it for this one. Until next time, stay principled. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. It doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time, stay good. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people. And peace.